Good morning, 11.06. Welcome to the Pinpoint Health Show. Sending that one out to Dr. Lou. Old man from uh, from Neil. Actually, you're about 15 years younger than me, so I can't even say that. But, uh, pal, good to have you along again. You want to reach out anytime. Uh, phone lines are open. You have health concerns, pain concerns. That's what we focus on, but that's okay. Bring it on. We talk about all kinds. And that is uh, 416-870-6400. And uh, you can reach out any other time, pinpointhealth.ca. And you all want to, uh, want to check out the Lou Down, the long-form podcast series that Dr. Lou has been doing for uh, for some time. How are you, pal? Good morning. Hey, John. Good morning. How are you? I am uh, ready to go. What do you got for us today? That's good. Uh, it's funny. We started off with old men, and I wanted to talk about... Uh, uh, young kids <laughs> more nice. than anything today, especially with uh, being around the corner with the start of school yep. um, happening and obviously not an easy situation one way or another, right? Uh, I'm not here to comment on the you know, political side of things, uh, but I, I, w- I do want to comment on some of the health things related to this. Um, and, and primarily, you know, being that I work mainly in the physical branch of medicine, uh, that deals with pain and injury and all of these things. The one thing that I know that's been eliminated for uh, kids going back to school is recess, gym, all of the things where you actually get the physical activity component. Um, and that's that's a bit worrisome for me uh, in terms of, and I understand why it's being done. This isn't a criticism. This is just me uh, wanting to share my sort of opinion on this, on, um, you know, why this is important for, for kids to be active and, Really, this is more about um, encouraging parents when they're when when your kids are not in, in school, encouraging them to be active at home. If if we create a population of kids um, that are sitting all day at school and then they're coming home and they're sitting again, um, then that sedentary lifestyle is going to create a whole host of problems long term. One of the other things that we know around um, COVID and what's happened with the school system and that we've all spoken about is the mental health of our of our young. Um, population of all the kids out there and how the effects on it. Well, you know, again, one of the things that I often will talk about is how your body and your mind are not these two interchangeable things, but in fact, they're, they're symbiotic. They, they relate to one another. They work mm-hmm. together. Um, and one of the big things um, in adult populations, as an example, you can show that, you know, 30 minutes of moderate physical activity a day can help with mental health. Um, and, and those things are likely very similar with, with young kids. And so that's why activity is important for their physical health to make sure, you know, one of the things in North America is the, the rate of obesity in children is, is the highest um, anywhere in the world, right? Already the diets and the lack of activity um, that are already prevalent even before COVID is problematic. Yeah. Now compound that with, with COVID um, and then schools removing a lot of that physical activity component in the form of recess and gym. And again, I get it. I, I can totally appreciate why that's important um, from a public health standpoint. So this is not um, a criticism, but again, this is, this is me wanting to shed light on this um, for the average listener that has young kids that um, are going to be in school and, or not be in school. But I think it's really, really important that there be some type a physical activity plan that you at the very least implement at home for your kids. And, and that, th- there's tons of little fun things that you could do being active, hide and seek, these types of things, like just encouraging moving around. I, this doesn't need to be anything formal, like a gym class or anything. I mean, we've still got a few months of really nice weather, um, nice enough to just even get out and go for a walk. Um, and those things are going to be really important because if they're not getting that, and we know nowadays with the way it is, most kids will come home and, 
you know, they're going to be on some type of an electronic device or watching TV. That's just sort of, it's not like when you and I grew up, John, where you would just, you know, go out and six hours later, you'd, you'd come home and, and right. you were out running around. And, and so it's a little bit different in that sense. But that, all of that is, is potentially a problem. If we're eliminating that physical activity, if diets aren't healthy, then we're, we're not, we're also, you know, these things are also important because your physical health um, has an effect on your immune system, right? And your immune system is what's going to respond when you get some type of a virus or pathogen like COVID. And so we want to make sure that, that people, and this is something you and I, John, have been talking about on this show for the, since COVID started, was about being healthy so that you're always in a better position to fight off anything that you're dealing with. And, and one of the things around this virus that we know is in terms of how you may be affected is how do you respond to other similar viruses, other coronaviruses like the common cold? Some people res- respond very good with it, and so likely they may respond very well with this. Other people don't. But all of that, there is a lot of emerging research showing that your immune system matters in that conversation. And one of the things that really contributes to your overall health is also your activity levels and eating right and all of these other things that we know, right? This is not rocket science. So when I, when I say this, I don't think I'm, I'm you, know, you know, saying something that people are like, oh, my God, this guy is like, you know, telling us, uh, you know, some miracle. It's not a miracle. This is all very simple stuff that we know that if overall you're healthier from a physical standpoint, from a diet standpoint, from a mental standpoint, your immune system is going to be boosted. If your immune system is functioning well, any type of pathogen that comes into contact with you, um, you'll do better with. That doesn't mean that that only happens at 20 years plus. That's even for young children. And that's why I wanted to start this show with this segment, speaking about the young kids and just encouraging parents, make sure you keep your kids active. Um, even if they can't be doing that at school, if they're not, whether they are or not going to school, their, their activity levels are going to be limited. Create some type of structure at home where you're encouraging activity um, and you're, you're following good diet, good nutrition recommendations and diets. Uh, I think it's uh, very, very important and it's, it's going to be essential for the, the future of our children. Well, I mean, as you say, there's still lots of good weather to be had, and we're just slowly almost now getting into the season where, I mean, you can, as you said, it doesn't have to be a structured gym class. Take them out to no. an, an apple farm and go apple picking for the day. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of walking involved. They, you know, they got to carry some stuff, go for yeah. a wagon ride. It's active, right? Well, and, and, and again, that's great for, like, you probably couldn't do that every day, but definitely that's a great idea. I would say sure. something as simple as just getting out everyone in the family, get out for a walk, right? Like, yep. you know, go out and, and walk around. Really, it's something that all of us or mostly everybody can do. You get out, you move around, uh, you know, local parks and, and recreational centers uh, in terms of, like, outdoor things. I'm not sure if they're actually open, so I may sort of be speaking um, and, and not fully knowing that because I remember in the beginning those – um, the parks were sort of closed down, but I guess they like swing sets and things like that. They're open now, yeah, pretty much. They're open yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that's what I mean, like that type of stuff. I'm not talking about having a one-hour structured gym class, right, where, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea anyways. There's a lot of fun things out there. I've seen, you know, programs out there that are like yoga for kids and things like that, like really cool things where you can just do it with your kids, right? Maybe you do, if the weather gets bad, it's raining out and you can't be outside. Maybe you do 20 minutes of a quick, fun yoga type of class. I mean, kids love doing that stuff, dancing around, whatever it is. Just You can make a game almost out of anything for kids. And so uh, my basic point here is just get them moving. And if they're moving, 
Um, I think that's a very good thing for their physical health, obviously, uh, but not only their physical health, their mental health. And overall, when, when those two things are working nicely, then I think their immune systems overall are going to be working nicely. And, and, and again, I think this is sort of, this is one of the important things that's not being spoken enough about with COVID um, is that this is exposing also um, the issues that we have in our overall health, comorbidities, all of these things. And we've seen and we keep hearing it, how all of these other factors um, can contribute to negative consequences. It really is, to me, um, some type of a message that as, as, as a population, as people, we need to be healthier. We need to do as much as we can. And again, to me, healthy doesn't mean you have to have a six-pack, right? Like, that's not what I'm speaking about when I'm speaking about healthy. I mean about just feeling well, being active. Like, if you're walking up the stairs and you're out of breath, there's a problem, right? Like, yeah. you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be in those types of states. If you're sitting there and you're just sweating, like, we know when we're overall unhealthy. If You know, I, the amount of people that I speak to, and when I ask, like, do you have any other health concerns? And they'll say, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm healthy, like I'm just on some cholesterol medication and blood pressure medication, and, you know, my doctor says I'm pre-diabetic. Like, I don't know how, the, you know, and it's always surprising when someone says, like, they, they quantify themselves as healthy before they tell me those things. And it's like, well, that's a problem, right? That, that, yeah. that is not fully healthy. You, there's, there's reasons why those things are happening. So why not try to figure out those reasons? Why not try to intervene? Um, and a lot of this, again, a lot of these these types of chronic diseases are lifestyle related more than they are, you know, the result of some bug or something like that. Those are things that if you do the right things in your life, you, you can greatly decrease the likelihood of, of having those things. Or at the very least, if you do have them, you're going to do a pretty good job of managing it if you get the lifestyle under control. Good advice, man, and we'll talk more about that. I think we need to go for a, a short break here, but we got lots to go. The phone lines are open, by the way. You got it. If you have kids, if you're struggling with this, if you know what we're talking about, feel free to call in and contribute. You are part of the show. Phone lines wide open, 416-870-6400 is the number. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. 1118 on your Saturday morning, Pinpoint Health Show, pinpointhealth.ca, the Lou Down, the long-form podcast. You can search for that and one eight five 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 doctor Lou, D-R-L-O-U, and to uh, phone in here and ask some, uh, some health questions, either for yourself or for a family member, colleague, no problem if they're bashful, 416-870-6400. We spent the first uh, segment, Dr. Lou, talking about getting kids healthy with the, uh, the uh, upcoming school year. They will be going back for the most part, maybe staggered or otherwise, but a lot of the physical activity and contact type things will be uh, – will be shelved until it's a safer point. And you mentioned getting them out, just getting them active, go for a bike ride, start walking. I saw the other day a report that says even among adults, and now the gyms have been open for uh, stage three, there's a certain number of people like you and myself who were standing at the door waiting for it to open again because we're dying without the gym. Only 31% of gym members have actually gone back to the gym. Uh, really? which is kind of scary. These are the hardcores, and they're not going back because I guess they still have fears of COVID and so on and so forth. But that is, uh, that's a surprising small number. And, again, it's going to add to the, uh, the, to the problem of health, I think, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't aware of that stat for sure. I mean, I could tell you sort of from a grassroots level with people with other businesses and just speaking to people, um, definitely there's still a lot of apprehension, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's funny because as I meet people, it, it, you either get the people who are, you know, super, super cautious about everything and are treating this like as if it was the first day when it happened and they're still locked down. And then you're otherwise getting people who are 
a little too laissez-faire. They're just, they don't care. They don't care about the washing the hands and all this uh, stuff. And, and, you know, is either extreme, you know, I, I really do think one of my sort of points of view on life is that being moderate is probably the key to everything. Like somehow finding the middle between extremes is probably the best thing that all of us can do in any aspect of our life. Um, so I, I treat this that way, right? Like I don't want my life to completely stop. But at the same time, I don't want to be absolutely ignorant to, to, you know, not taking care of myself and my family and other people by doing the right things. So I think there's a, a good way to do that, right? And, and the biggest thing is hygiene and all those things. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you're right. I mean, from what I understand, a lot of places um, are, are sort of in that position where, you know, the, the full extent of the people that used to utilize whatever service it would be, and, and you've brought up the gyms, um, are not being are not going and you're right the interesting part about what you're saying is those are the diehards right like most gyms survive on the people who are the diehards anyways where there's the people that are there every day and they know one another um, and, and you see the same faces and and if it's down that much from those people well then you know my worry isn't even those people because potentially they're resourceful maybe they're doing stuff at home they figured out a new um, way of going about doing things my worry is the percentage of the population that doesn't even go to the gym, right? Like that never is active is even more worrisome for me because yeah. again, going back to what this all has exposed, what COVID-19 has exposed is that overall your health very much matters when there's these types of outbreaks of viruses that, that are new to us. And, and the reality that I think people need to appreciate. And one of the things that's a little disingenuous, I feel about this whole thing is we talk about this point where like, you know, there's, it's almost like this arbitrary thing where it's like, oh, next week, uh, or, or sorry, you know, at the beginning of, of next year when things are more back to normal, it's like, but how do we know that? Yeah, right? totally. Like, how, how are we making that assumption that on whatever day it might be that the, this is when it's normal again or when things like maybe the reality is this is what it is? Um, and, and, you know, this idea of when we have a vaccine, like, you know, there's a lot of people that still think, hey, that's, you know, it's great that you're that confident, but they've had trouble developing vaccines for coronaviruses for a very long time. It's not an easy thing. Now, obviously, there's a lot of attention on this, and I do believe as a, the human species is, is pretty well, well equipped to, to solve anything that we really put all of our focus into. So I believe there will be something there that, that works well. But I just this arbitrary thing like where we think of like, well, next, you know, next spring or whatever, then it's all, no, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think this is something that is here for years um, in one way or another, because even if we had that, it's not like the vast, it's not like everybody would be vaccinated on day one. And also you're probably going to get people who just don't want to get vaccinated yes. eventually, right? Like that whole conversation is starting to come up again. And so when you prevent that, then, you know, it sort of prevents that, that eradication of a disease. And so, um, again, it, it, you know, we've got to be careful here because, again, these things, again, my point is is there's really no, no end in sight, in my opinion. And the second thing is these things are always emerging, right? Like, these things have happened over the last two decades. I, I still remember SARS, like, I, at the yep. time I was in, in high school, but that, that was still in my lifetime, right? And then MERS and, you know, H1N1, these things happen. So what we really need to do is understand that if these things are happening, what can everybody do as an individual to keep themselves somewhat protected? Like, again, all of these things don't ensure that you don't get something. It's no, it, You know, just because you exercise every day, you don't smoke, 
um, you know, you, you eat healthy and you're perfect doesn't mean that you're never going to succumb to some type of illness. It just means that you're decreasing the likelihood that you will. It's, it's a probability game. And, and so that's an important thing. And that's what you try to do when you stay healthy is decrease the, uh, the, cause, uh, the, the likelihood of all-cause mortality from anything, including viruses. So I, I'm big on that. I think everybody that listens to this show often enough, I know for sure you know because you've been on the show with me for as long as we've been doing it, John. I, I'm big on the idea that a lot of it has to also fall to us as individuals to, to make sure that we're healthy, we're doing the right things. And healthy doesn't, you know, again, in, in this whole thing with what the coronavirus is and, and COVID-19, doesn't just mean nutrition and all those things. Another component of health is hygiene, right? So, right. again, I, I, I've seen it. I feel like people are starting to get lazier. They're starting to touch their faces more. And, you know, they're not, you know, washing their hands as often and they're not using sanitizer and they're not changing their clothes when they get home and they've been out. all. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've just seen it sort of be a little bit more laissez-faire. Again, I'm not saying that we should be an extreme um, but if we keep that moderation in the middle where we're still, you know, living our lives, but at every point sort of thinking, okay, what can I do right now in this moment that decreases my likelihood? And if, and if we can have that thought pattern, again, we've seen now, in the, like I think they just reported, our numbers are up, right? And, and how much of that is due to just people being a little bit lazier and, and not following as many of the rules um, that were imposed on us earlier. And I don't want to get to the point where those rules have to be imposed on us again i'd rather that we make the decision um to do those things yeah i think it was uh they said the uh today well 148 or something like that the highest number since july or something and i mean maybe part of that is is the uh the relaxed measures of opening stage three maybe that has something to do with it there's going to be an uptick they know there was going to be an uptick so they're kind of prepared for it but yeah it's like uh, i agree man i see a lot of and even in the gym i mean we have pretty strict rules for uh, for uh, an extreme example of a place where there's a lot of contact a lot of breathing a lot of moving around a lot of a lot of touching not of people but of equipment and yeah. uh you know, the basic structure is you come in you get your temperature checked you get a squeeze bottle a spray bottle you get a rag and you spray down and wipe everything before you use it and after you use it right from the benches to the pins to the dumbbells and you wear a mask i mean except you're doing a a strenuous set or some cardio on your own you take it off and have it around your neck but i'm seeing guys in there already like and i'm telling the owner you know jason i said you got to kick these guys out of here because i don't want this place closed again and you're not going to be able to go through financially another closure i know what you're saying people are starting to get a little bit too lazy with it and, and that's my point about all this is I do think, again, every time you're making a decision, it has that butterfly effect, right, where you're, what you're doing is affecting someone else, is affecting someone else, and so on and so forth. And so that, this is what bothers me when you hear people say, like, oh, I don't care, like, I, you know, I'm willing to take the risk. It's like, well, it's not just about you, right? It's, it's right. about all of us, right? And if we can all do these things together, you know, not just gyms, but everything, preventing closures, like, I mean, I was at a restaurant this week and, and just seeing the vast size of this place and the amount of people that were in there and, and it was almost no one. And the manager came around and this is a pretty prominent restaurant. And they and he like flat out said, like, you know, if you if you come back at lunch, that'd be great. You know, all the workplaces around here are close. So we're our numbers are severely down. Like people are suffering out there. Right. Yeah. It's it's real. Um, and the consequences of all of this are real. So if we all do the right things. We can we we can keep moving towards getting back to normal and opening up fully. We don't want a blimp, uh, you know, that stops us and and we have to go backwards again. I think that's really really dangerous. And again, I, I mean, one of the things that's really been prevalent towards all of, um, 
um, towards this whole conversation uh, with COVID-19 is, is potentially the health consequences um, as a result of all of the things that have happened because of COVID-19 may be worse than the virus itself, right, in terms of people's mental health, um, their financial health, and how that plays into their overall well-being and all these things. So the consequences are real no matter which way this all goes. Um, so I think it's really up to everybody um, to do their part. But, yeah, I mean, we, we can go on forever about this. This is obviously uh, one of the things that I think is important and we sort of touched on there is people's health. And, and one of the things that I've been really focusing on the last few weeks is, is getting people, encouraging people, get back to, to taking care of yourselves. Um, and that also means, you know, getting your healthcare professionals involved again. So again, this is a live call-in show. I know we've been going back and forth, John, so maybe people are, are not even realizing, but give us a call. Talk about the stuff that you have going on uh, because it's important. Like you said, the same way those stats that you mentioned towards the gym that people aren't going back, that's the reality for healthcare too. A lot of people are keep deferring their health, deferring their health, and that's potentially not a good thing. So at the very least, um, give us a call and, and sort of at the very, you know, get some advice um, and point it in the right direction is a, is a start to getting back to normal. And as Dr. Lou says, we're here, we're live. So your phone call is 416-870-6400. You have any health concerns for yourself or you're wondering about something as it uh, affects you in these uh, COVID times, they say, give us a call as we go to a short break here. we still got plenty of time left. 416-870-6400. If only for some quick answers, give us a call. Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. And we are back. It is 1133, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. You have some health concerns. Want to just have a bit of, uh, bit of a chat, get some answers, call in now. The time has uh, has arrived indeed. In that regard, Greg, thanks for uh, for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, things are great. Thanks for you guys. You bet. We're uh, we're hanging in there. What's, uh, what's on your mind? I just wanted to ask, uh, Dr. Lou thought about uh, taking a weekly maintenance dose of a testosterone um for what reason is that have you been tested and your testosterone is low no i, I i've never been tested i'm sure it's pretty uh, you know i'm uh close to 50 work out all the time uh just just different guys talk about it, stuff like that i know different guys have taken it uh, they call it a weekly maintenance dose of a uh, shot of test yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest thing is is being tested specifically to see what your levels are. I mean, that's the key with any supplementation of anything really is, you know, if you're not deficient in something, then supplementing with it is potentially either going to do nothing or have uh, more serious consequences. So uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, as, we, as, as men age, their testosterone levels go down. Um, and so getting that is potentially... Uh, beneficial, but again, I, I if I was you and and as a healthcare professional, my recommendation to you would be see where you're at and and speak with you know an endocrinologist or your family doctor and see if there's a benefit to you doing that. Right, even if your levels aren't perfectly ideal, are there other ways to do it? The other thing related to testosterone that often happens is that's also again related to sort of physical activity and these types of things. So when people are you know, getting older and they're getting lazier, those things. So there's natural ways, too, that can um, sort of boost that a little bit just by being more active um, and doing things. But, again, if, if it's needed from a, uh, a supplementation standpoint, I, I would only go that route um, if you've been tested. That, that would be sort of my opinion on that. Okay. If it's deemed necessary is, is sort of the, the key with, with anything when you're, when you're supplementing. 
especially with something like testosterone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if, if we were talking about a water-soluble vitamin or something where even if you take too much, you just end up peeing it out, big deal, right? The worst you're doing is just spending money. Uh, but when it comes to something like testosterone that is a hormone, has a lot of different effects, um, you don't want to have uh, too much. That can also cause rage issues and anger and things like that. So I, I, I get I get tested first. Greg, appreciate the call, and you have time as well for your phone call. It is 416-870-6400. That is the number to call through. and Just ask a question like that, get some answers. It doesn't take very long. As you can tell, Lou Down Long Form Podcast is available for your download and your viewing. And, of course, the, uh, the phone number, one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, anytime. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law did that. Oh, God, it's been years and years. But he he went through the proper channels, saw an endocrinologist, saw his family doctor. And it's actually a, a topical gel that he uses yep. and has been using. There's no, you know, sitting in the back of the locker room under, you know, under disguise and jamming a needle into your rear end. It's not that. It's just a topical cream that he uses all the time. And he's, for him, yeah. it's done It's done wonders. I, I don't, I've never been tested. Well, I'm they, sure you haven't as they, well. You're pretty young, but who knows, right? There, there, are, there are, like, you can get injections for it, too, that are, are you can get done. That um, the, the thing with the gels is you have to apply those every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, there are injections that you could take that are uh, more longer-lasting, so even one injection could last you a period of time. So it's really just dependent on preference and all those things but i mean overall yeah i mean if someone again if someone needs something and there's an indication for it, this is the biggest thing is is there an indication for whatever the treatment intervention is that you want to do and that's a very important thing when you're dealing with healthcare and and necessity of treatment is what are the indications that we're, we're dealing with here when people start you know what the caller just said where it, it goes back to sort of some of the things that, that drive me crazy where you know, you, so many people get their health advice from, you know, their friend who or, or some a group of people that they know that know nothing about health. Right. Like they think they know something or they think they're an expert and they're really not. And that's not a criticism of that caller because everyone does that. My own friends and family do that. Like, oh, sure. I'll be sitting there with them and they're talking and they're saying things and they're figuring it out themselves. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, I'm right here. Like, you, you could have. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, again, people just don't. That's just, I think, human nature. Right. And 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 I and I, every time I hear that, I I have people that come in and say, you know, my uh, cousin's friend did this and it seemed to work perfectly. And, and they essentially, I think, have the exact same thing. And it's like, no, they, they don't. Right. Like we are all individuals. That's one very important component of healthcare that I think gets forgotten. You know, when you look at um, like from a business perspective, off operations management and looking at performance objectives, one of the key performance objectives in, in, uh, in the business world is flexibility. And, and I think that's also important in healthcare. What flexibility means is, is individualized treatment plans, right? How do you take into consideration? Yes. We, you know, a healthcare professional like me has a body of knowledge. Yes. But the flexibility is in the fact that when I see you, John, versus, you know, someone else, I'm taking that body of knowledge and I am applying it to your specific situation. And when I see that other person, I'm applying it to their specific situation. That is very, very important that that we individualize people's care. That doesn't mean that the interventions have to be all that different or anything like that. But it's just so dangerous, in my opinion, when you talk with friends and family that have said, oh, they tried this and it worked for them, so you should try the exact same thing. You know, probably more often than not, it, it, it maybe is similar enough that it will work. But I really think I've seen it far too many times 
um, where people go down that, that road and they, they do something that may actually hurt them. And, you know, a good example of that is back pain because to the yep. average person, back pain is one thing. It's back pain. To me, a trained healthcare professional who's, uh, you know, a specialist in that area, back pain is dozens and dozens and dozens of different things to me, right? It's just a symptom of something else. So that's a big difference when I'm looking at someone because when you're talking to someone and you say, oh, I've got back pain, and they say, well, here's what I do for my back pain, they're treating back pain as just one thing. Whereas when I see that person and they say, I have back pain, I'm thinking of the dozens and dozens of things that could potentially create back pain and saying, okay, but which one of those things are you? I know you're telling me you have back pain, but where do you match up in the diagnosis? And that will predicate what then I say, okay, here's what you should do and, and et cetera, et cetera. So that's the dangerous thing. But when you talk to people is they don't understand the realm, the extent of what these things are, especially again, when you're speaking of pain, because the descriptor for anything that is a pain or injury is body part followed by the word pain. Oh, I've got back pain. I've got neck pain. I've got elbow pain. I've yeah. got knee pain. Again, all you're, all you're doing is describing it, it's a symptom more than it is anything. You're not describing a diagnosis. And, and so and, I, and the analogy I always give is, and most people can appreciate this, is if you said, oh, I've got a fever, most people would say, well, I wonder what's causing that fever, right? Is it, yep. Do you have a virus? Is there something else going on? That's all it is. Um, and that's what pain is. It's, it's a symptom that you're, you're, you're telling someone that you've got this symptom. And the assumption that all knee pain is the same knee pain or that all shoulder pain is the same shoulder pain, that's a big problem because when you start going down that ideology, if you think it's all the same, then you think the treatment that worked for you is what will work for everybody with those things. And that's, that's not good. I, I don't know how else to put it. And, and it's something that I've been you know, trying to get across for years and years right now. And this is why I do this show is because of how misunderstood these things are and these, and these paradigms need to shift in the population. This is also not just up to the healthcare professionals. It's also up to you, the consumer of health, to want to make sure that you're getting the right answer that is specific to you from all the things that could potentially cause what you're dealing with. Yeah, you know, it's funny to, to use a word from the fashion industry. I think healthcare is the ultimate example of bespoke treatment. Yeah. I mean, we're all individuals. Yeah. Absolutely. It's got to be tailored to you and only you. 416-870-6400 is the number. Call through. you still got some time. Get some answers. Ask some questions. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, pal. What else we got going on as we get to the uh, last few minutes of the show here? Yeah, John, I mean, I think the big thing there is, uh, it's funny, I was listening to one of the commercials that was talking about the basement renovations and sweeping yeah. your, your problems under the rug. And it sort of was like, okay, that's sort of what everyone's doing with healthcare right now is they're sweeping whatever they have um, under the rug, hoping that, you know, if, if the fact that they're ignoring it or they're not paying attention to it or it slightly feels better, that it's not going to be something that's still there. There's not still that mess under the rug. Um, and I thought that commercial was pretty perfect for, um, a lot of what I've been speaking about lately on this show, which is that, you know, people sweeping their health care under the rug right now, just, you know, delaying it and delaying it. The consequences of that are very, very real and they're very, very dangerous. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, we've had a lot of calls on this show um, of people who um, have essentially said things along the lines of, well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of not ready to go back. 
um, you know, to such and such a clinic for whatever their problem is. I've spoken to people right. who have called me um, and I've suggested, you know, follow up with your family doctor. And I've heard, well, you know, my family doctor's not uh, seeing anybody right now. And, and so, so this isn't just on the consumer side, on the, on the patients who need the healthcare, but there's even a lot of people out there. Um, I know tons and tons of healthcare professionals that are not back to work normally the way that they, they would be, or even remotely close to it. And some aren't even seeing anybody. Um, yep. And so th that combination, that, that storm um, is, is very bad because um, again, what we're essentially doing is delaying and putting off people's um, healthcare problems. And the more you do that, I mean, one of the things that I consistently try to get across is that every time you leave something, it just will end up becoming chronic. And anything that is chronic is much, much more worse than, than something that is new and acute, um, generally speaking, in terms of trying to deal with it and trying to manage it, uh, especially from a pain and injury uh, perspective, which is, is sort of the scope of what myself and my team at Pinpoint Health deal with mainly. Uh, we do deal with other things, but mainly it's pain and injury. And when you're just letting those problems go on and become chronic, um, you're opening yourselves up to a whole new monster that, you know, again, you can think you could delay it, you think you could put it off, and then you get to a point, and, and John, you've been, again, on this show with me for a very long time. You've heard people that have called in and the chronic issues that they have and sort of what their lives have become as a result of it. That's not just something that I've heard in practice, which I hear all the time, but again, you've been on air with me. So you've heard some of these stories of people that have called in um, and sort of told us how, you know, everything sort of spirals out of control once you're living with pain. Because pain is something that is, it's a subjective experience. It's an experience that exists and is unique to you. That doesn't mean it's not real. It's as real as is possible. Um, but when you have that kind of chronic pain uh, due to something, it has effects on all parts of your life, on every single aspect. It has an effect on your mental health. It has an effect on your sleep. And the thing about all these things is you can't think of them in a linear fashion. What you actually have to do is picture them on a circle so that, you know, you can't say, well, you know, pain leads to poor mental health and then that leads to sleep and then that chain stops there. No, because that chain connects. And what happens is it's a continuum of, you know, uh, pain causes poor mental health, causes poor sleep, which contributes to uh, more pain, which contributes to more mental health. And so it's a, it's a circular process. It's not a linear process. And that's why it can get so bad and so out of control. And so, again, this is why I'm encouraging people, do not put off your health care. You know, I, every place that I have seen is doing what they need to do to physically distance, make sure people are safe. You have to understand, I said this last week, we're in healthcare. We're always worried about hygiene and safety and keeping people, uh, decreasing exposure to anything that is potentially harmful to their health. That's sort of what we do anyways. Well, you can imagine that everyone is going to greater lengths, right? And, and I'm not even sitting here just saying my organization. I'm saying the other people that I know, the other organizations that I know are doing the same. This isn't something where I'm trying to say, come to Pinpoint Health. What I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter if it's a matter of seeing your dentist, your optometrist, whatever constitutes your healthcare team. If you've been putting it off, I would encourage you to start to reintroduce it and get the things that you need to get done. Now, there are special circumstances. Maybe some people um, know that they have a lot of comorbidities and if that they were exposed to COVID-19, it would not be good. 
I'm not saying there's no exceptions to this rule, but I'm saying for the vast majority of the population in a very safe and controlled manner, I believe that everybody or the vast majority of people should be moving back towards um, their health care uh, in terms of getting the things that they need from the professionals that they work with. Let's move on to a phone call. we got a, a few minutes to go here, so we'll try to get to them. Uh, Mary, thanks for, uh, for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I've had, you're just talking about chronic pain. I have had, like, shoulder pain up my scapula, and it goes really deep, and it almost affects my breathing. Well, it does. Mm-hmm. And kind of goes up my neck. And I've gone to physiotherapists, massage therapists, and I, it's not going away. And how long has this been going on for? About, oh, six years or so, seven. Okay, yeah, so it's a chronic thing at this yeah. point. Now, now again, you know, the, the whole part of this is just because you're the second part, it's funny because anytime someone says, well, I've gone and I've, you know, the next question is, did you get what was the right intervention for the right problem? And, and did you do all the things? Uh, that are needed that the healthcare team that you were working with encompass all of those things. Typically, when it comes to pain and injury problems like this, this far out, like six years, it's not really about what someone else could be doing to you to make you better, but what are the tools that you could be doing every day in the form of uh, exercises, stretches, um, and all of those things that you can do to yourself that can make you feel better. Because the reality is, you know, I don't know exactly what your issue, but what I do know is after six years, it's a chronic issue. That much I know just based on the fact that you've told me it's there for six years. So based on that, you know, there's not going to be, it's going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to find something that is a snap of a finger and it's gone. What you're more likely to find in a chronic uh, type of scenario like that is what can you be doing to manage it well enough so that it doesn't have a massive negative impact on your life every single day. And that's very, very possible. Um, But that's also the big thing that I tell everybody is it's not really a reliance on someone else doing something to you, but someone giving you the tools that you will need for yourself that you need to implement every single day to make yourself feel better. And again, that's in the form of different types of exercises, potentially different types of stretches, potentially nutrition matters to that, potentially overall activity levels matter towards that, um, potentially avoiding certain things matter, potentially doing more of something matters. So there's a lot. That's where the individualized component comes. So it's hard for me to tell you what that specific uh, intervention or group of interventions is for you as an individual because I haven't done my due diligence to go through uh, the extent of all these things with you. But I can tell you that that's the overall framework that we would have to work in. Um, And I I can have someone call you after the show, if you like, and and arrange uh, an assessment with me and see if there's anything that we can add um, that you could be doing. And that's primarily when I see people that have things that have been going on that long. That's where my focus is, is not really what type of, you know, intervention can we do, um, at the clinic level or whatever that can help you, which that may be part of it, but the bigger thing, the, the bigger focus becomes on what are the tools that I need to give you so that you can do this on your own because that's really what it takes. That's called active care, and that's what it really takes to get um, any type of chronic condition better is active care. Mary, appreciate the call, and do reach out one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. I think we got time to get to uh, to Diane. Hi, Diane. Thanks for uh, for standing by. You're probably the last call of the day. How are you? 
Hi, good morning. I'm pretty good, thank you. I just want to thank you guys for shedding light on um, health care and your health and so forth during this pandemic. Uh, thank I'm, you. My husband's a physician, and we've, we've seen a lot of increase in anxiety and depression during this, this period. Uh, I just want the listeners to know that doctors are there for you. We uh, yeah. Reach out to us. It, yes, a lot of them are closed, but like my husband, he's been on the phone eight hours a day um, trying to talk people through things. They do see patients, so don't get discouraged that, no, they're closed, they're not seeing anybody. It's not true. Yeah. Um, so definitely reach out, take care of your health. Uh, I'm so glad you're shedding light on this because, you know, we are going to get a second wave. It's when, not if. And yeah. we need to help each other through this. So let's yeah. all stick together and, um, you know, focus on our mental health and our physical health, and we'll, we'll get through this. Thank you, Mary. And, and you're right. And again, the vast majority of healthcare professionals, like you've said, like your husband, um, is there uh, trying to treat people. That's what I've seen. And that's my encouragement is that everyone is doing the things that would keep people safe. And, and as, a, as a healthcare professionals community, we're ready for you, the patients. Um, and, and I, and I want to echo what Mary said. Um, and, you know, don't delay it. Get, get in, take care of yourselves, and let's help one another. I think that's almost a a perfect way to end the show, John. You bet it is. And uh, now that we are done for another week, here is that number again. Use it, one eight five 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 doctor lou one eight five 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 doctor lou You can check out the Lou Down, the long-form podcast, and also go to pinpointhealth.ca anytime as well to book an appointment and get more information. We'll catch you again on the Pinpoint Health Show right here on Global News Radio.